Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we share lessons that we have learned about the business of real life so that you can feel inspired and empowered to succeed in your work life and parenting life. And I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us today. I am very excited and so honored to have with us today a woman who I see as a beacon of light, shining the way for all women. She previously worked as a television journalist, anchoring award-winning pod, um, I was going to say podcast, award-winning newscasts, and reporting in the British Columbia market for over 35 years. She is a pioneer for women in broadcasting with numerous firsts in her industry. She became the first female beat reporter for a top-rated radio station, CKNW. And in that same year, she joined BC TV as a reporter, and she became the, the station's first female anchor of a major 6 p.m. newscast. She has won countless awards and generously gives her time and support to several charitable organizations. And she is currently the uh, liaison to BC Premier Chrissy Clark and the Director of Engagement for the BC Liberal Party. I am truly so honored to welcome with us today, Pamela Martin, on my podcast. Hello, Pamela. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. Well, thank you, Elaine. That was such a wonderful introduction. Thank you. Great to be here with you. You are lovely. And when I describe you as a a beacon, and I, I know I've said this to you before, and I know that probably embarrasses you, but you truly are. You you have light, lit up this way, this pathway for women to follow and to show that we can do it. Just We just have to go for it. And Pamela, you are an amazing inspiration to all women because you broke the mold and, and became that first in several areas of, I guess, a, a predominantly male-run industry. Um, but regardless, you broke the mold. And can you tell us your story of how you got to be that first female anchor of a major 6 p.m. newscast? How did it all begin? Well, I think it's funny, Elaine, because a lot of people your age can't imagine television newscasts without having women. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That is true. Yeah, there was a time when there were no women and there weren't any role models except in the U.S., like people like Barbara Walters. So, uh, you know, I was one of those people swept along by the Watergate scandal in the U.S. And, you know, I was very, very attracted to the idea of being a reporter. Uh, there was Woodward and Bernstein, and they had helped bring down a U.S. president. And, you know, it was a very exciting time to be a reporter. So I was really interested in this area, but I didn't actually have any training in it. And so, you know, how was I going to break into the field? And there were no role models, as I said. So. You know, I, um, I basically married a Canadian, moved to British Columbia, and decided that I wanted to host a show, that that would be the, the best venue for me, that would be about women's issues and politics and the culture, uh, cultural happenings, you know, whatever was going on. That was my plan, sort of a general magazine-style show. And um, so I wrote a proposal to that effect, and I submitted it to a couple of television stations and a couple of radio stations. But really, that was my five-year plan. And I was hoping that between now and then, when I started this new show <laughs> in five years, that I would learn a lot about the industry. And I was willing to start anywhere, as you usually have to do when you're just trying to break into something. 
and you're forging a path. There's no one else that's done this. So, you know, it's not a natural thing for television, you know, station managers to think of putting you in those positions. So, um, anyway, to make a long story short, after about six months, Check TV said to me, okay, okay, you can, you can have that show. We're starting in a month. And I, you know, was very taken aback. I had not thought that they would skip the five years. I really didn't know what I was doing. So it was kind of um, a sink or swim moment for me. I either had to dive right in and just figure out how to do it quickly or not do it at all. So obviously I chose the first path and I learned a lot from that experience. I can't say that I was great to begin with. But I, you know, what I learned, I think, is that you really have to go for your dreams, like dream really big, and then just go for it. And the, what's the worst that can happen is that you can fail. But there's probably a good chance if you work really hard and you have a little bit of luck, and you know, you you um, you just put yourself out there as much as you possibly can. There's a good chance that you will succeed. And um, yeah, that's. That's often what I tell young people today, that I think you really need to take a risk in business, in almost every area of your life. You have to put yourself out there, and it's really hard to do. I mean, I know that it's you know, easy to say, hard to do, because, you know, a lot of us lack the confidence. We don't really believe that we can really do it. And I think women have that more than men. Yes. And so you just have to force yourself to yes. And believe in yourself. Really reach down deep inside and believe that, you know, this this is what you're going to do, this is what you're meant to do, then you will be able to find a way to do it. I love that. I love that. Yes, sometimes you have to force yourself and then believe in yourself. But <laughs> I, I love I love what you said, to dream big and then go for it. Go for that dream. And you're right, because the worst that can happen is you fail. And how wonderful is that? You take that as a lesson and you move on. The fact that you fail meant you tried, which I think is an awesome lesson to our our children and anybody else who's watching and it's okay you never know where that failure might lead you i mean that might be a different path or a fork in the path that you didn't know about you weren't considering before that and maybe that it just directs you in a little bit different way than you knew about originally but i mean i think sometimes i i meet a lot of young people who they just have they, they don't I, I just feel they're not reaching for some gigantic dream. You know, they, they, they're just trying to think of what they want to do next year. And I, I think it's important to have really big dreams because if you don't dream it, you'll probably never get there. That is so true. I love that. That is so important to have really big dreams. And I, I saw somewhere, I was reading this article about children and how children dream big. Like you can ask a three-year-old or a four-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, a movie star. And they don't think, oh, I'm not good enough. I i don't have acting experience. They don't think I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. They just say what they want to be. And and then they go and play and pretend to be that. But how true. And somewhere along the way, I think a lot of us lose that. you know. But the truth is, and I remember saying to myself very clearly, you know, someone's going to get this job. So it might as well be me. I, I might as well at least try to be the person who gets it. Because I looked around at the world when I was maybe about 22 and, and realized that most people do work that they don't love. Yes. And, you know, why would you at 22 choose to do something you don't love when you 
sort of have the whole world in front of you to choose from, you might as well pick something you really love to do. You know, now that's easier said than done, and a lot of times people don't know what they love to do when they're 22. But I think just keeping that in mind, you know, Absolutely. that thing, that passion, that thing that just turns you on so much. And I know a lot of people say that to young people, and then it's frustrating for them because they don't know what they are passionate about. And, you know, they keep thinking, I should know, but I don't. So it is a process. It yes. is really difficult, and there's no question I would never play that down. But, you know, still, I think women especially do have a confidence gap, do say to themselves, well, if I don't have, as you said, all the qualities that I need to succeed at this, if I don't have 100% of, you know, the credentials to get this job, I'm not even going to try for it. And that's wrong. You know, men don't do that. Studies have shown that if they have 60% of the qualities, they say, sure, I can do that. Great, let's go. That's an excellent point. So I'm going to lead that into our next question, which you may have touched on already. But is there a life lesson, a lesson in in your working life as a, a woman, as a mom, that you have learned? Just one lesson that you said, wow, that was my eureka moment, and I would love to share that. I guess I probably have said it, which is that I think you should figure out what you really want to do. Remember that you're going to be working probably most of your life. So you want it to be something you like doing every day. You want to get up every day and feel good about it. And so um, that's, you know, I think think really big. Go for your dream. Even if you don't get that dream, you'll find another dream. And you, um, you just have to kind of believe in yourself, which is really hard to do. But find that inner strength and say to yourself, I know that I have a lot of value. And, you know, I know that I have the ability, I can work really hard, I can, you know, I can figure out how to do this. So even if you don't know how to do it today, I, I remember um, when I got this job in Victoria, this first job in television, people would come up to me in, on the street and say, well, how did you ever get that job? Thinking that they were more qualified than me. And they perhaps were, but they'd never applied. So true. That's why they didn't get it, because there was no job. I, you know, I was the one who proposed it, yes. and so um, I was the one who sort of helped make it happen. You know, now once you get it, you, you this opportunity, you, you have to be able to come through. There's no question. Okay? Yes. So, you know, you can't promise things that you can't deliver. <laughs> but sometimes you're not sure what you can deliver, so you just go for it. And you know, try your your hardest. But I love I love what you said earlier, Pamela, about how, you know, if there's this job out there that you know is just wonderful, why don't you go for it? Why let somebody else have it? Good for you. And that that is what I'm talking about. How you are this wonderful beacon of of light that's shining the way and saying, hey ladies anybody just go for it do you see this wonderful job maybe no one has even come up with it yet like you were saying your show and and just go for it and i love that statistic that you provided that uh six um men may have 60 percent of the skill set needed for that job and they say yes i can do that absolutely and just to quote kevin o'leary he said um and I believe he was actually quoting someone, and he said, if you want something done, give it to a busy mom, because it will get done. <laughs> that is so true. And, you know, I just think that uh, we need to encourage girls, I think, especially to 
uh, you know, to take a risk because I don't think it's not as natural to us to take a risk. But you know, the people who succeed in life—I look at you, for example, Elaine—you know, entrepreneurs—you're always having to take a risk at some point. Yes. You know, hopefully, it becomes less risky over time, and and that's sometimes the only way you can you know just get to that next level. Yes. So it's important to be able to do that. I think you can apply that to being an entrepreneur and you know going for it. You have a great idea. You, you try to get things in place the best that you can, and then you launch your business. And you know, there's never any guarantee. No, but there isn't. You try to do as much. You know, you try to mitigate the risk, uh, the, the negative risk, as much as possible. And, Absolutely. You know, and Pamela, is there? a life habit that you do, whether it's daily or, or in your life, that just keeps you on track, that keeps you focused, that keeps you on a path of, of, of succeeding in your life that you can share with us. It could be one habit, it could be two or three, but what is it that you think that you do that is kind of a cool strategy that works for you and you would love to tell us about it? Well, I think the only, uh, you know, the one habit that comes to mind is really one that I have gained through, uh, by default, it, I didn't set out to do this, but as a reporter, you are always writing down everything. So when you're interviewing people, when you're in a situation, when news is breaking, you're constantly taking notes. Um, so the, I just kind of have applied that to the rest of my life, and I haven't been a reporter for a while, and I still take as many notes. I think I was saying to you, I have notebooks all over my house that are filled with notes, and I, I don't actually go back to them that often, but the act of writing things down for me helps me to clarify my thoughts and makes sure, I helps me make sure that I'm being accurate in what I'm hearing, and um, I just find that is a great habit. I, I know people who uh, make journals about their life, and very often it helps them sort out their feelings and their ideas, and they can look back and see where they might have been going wrong or, you know, get a, find a new direction. It's just a very good way to, I think, boil your thoughts down is putting them on paper. So for me, um, I'm, I'm constantly taking notes. I go to meetings, I take a million notes. Like I said, I don't even necessarily look at them again. But I, there's some comfort, too, in yes. writing down because then you know you have an accurate record of what happened. So that's one habit. And another one, I guess, is to um, foster curiosity. And again, this kind of relates to being a reporter because as a reporter, I think the most important quality is to be curious about everything in the world. That's what makes you a good reporter. But it also makes you, um, you know, a, a more successful person, I think. Yes. Because you are always interested in what other people are doing, in what new ideas are out there, in what entrepreneurs are coming up with some great business ideas or you know, ways of doing things differently, and, and so always uh, being like a sponge, soaking up information, being curious, trying to get people to, you know, reveal themselves and tell you their story is just a um, sort of a trait, I guess, that I developed as a reporter, and I think it really helped me in my life, because for one thing, it just means that you, um, you, know, you connect to a lot of people, people love to tell you their story, um, and you... You, you find out things that you didn't know before that yes. can give you a new idea or a new direction in your life. Absolutely. Or, you know, plant a seed of, oh yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I'm going to try this. And 
you know, how else do we grow as people? I mean, that, well, there are other ways, but yes. to me, to be really curious about people and, you know, things that are going on is, is a great way to, you know, build yourself and create, you know, new ideas within yourself and to grow as a person. Yes. No, I... That's a quality that I really value. I appreciate that. Always be a sponge. And as a former school teacher, I, I loved teaching my students to love being a lifelong learner, to, to keep learning because you're right. It, it does enrich your life. It does make you appreciate more. I think when you learn about other people, about their story, about just what other people go through. And I, I love that. And I'm going to throw this question at you because I, I did not talk to you about this. But I am to ask you what, and it's putting you on the spot. Who is your most interesting person you've ever encountered, or interviewed, or had that pleasure of interviewing, or or chatting with that just kind of stuck with you, going, "Wow, that was your life just felt more enriched having met that person." Wow, oh, that is kind of hard. <laughs> um. Uh, I wish that I had met Nelson Mandela because I would say him first. But I just came back from South Africa, so I've kind of been immersed in his yes. life for the last while. Um, unfortunately, I didn't. You know, I have met so many amazing people who... Well, one person who, who kind of sticks out for me is, um, <laughs> believe it or not, don't laugh, uh, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. It was one of those things where I ended up being thrown into a situation where I had the opportunity to interview her at length for about two hours, and it was just um, a fluke, and uh, she ended up to be the most open and, um, you know, fascinating woman who had done so many amazing things, you know, in politics, in, you know, obviously in movies and acting in theater, in, in her personal life, and she'd been on quite a few different journeys, which were all very different, and which she was so open about. I guess that's what I was so surprised, that she, there was nothing off limits. She would share anything about herself, and she's, you know, a few years older than me, I, I don't know if that's how old, but maybe 15, and she, um, so, but we still have a lot of things in common. We did grow up in some ways in, in a similar kind of milieu in the United States. And, um, you know, I just found her um, just so um, fascinating. A really intelligent woman who was very insightful, hmm. who just, um, and was willing to share those insights and wasn't embarrassed about looking, you know, yes. not totally sharp or anything, you know, very willing to be herself and be vulnerable. That's beautiful. From her, yeah. I mean, other people, you know, Gloria Steinem was another one who was kind of a, a hero, heroine of mine because she founded Ms. Magazine and really kind of launched the women's liberation movement many years ago. Sorry, can you say her name again, Pamela? Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem. She launched Ms. Magazine and she also launched the uh, women's liberation movement in the U.S. and um, she was very much a pioneer in, you know, 
fighting for women to have equal rights, to have um, be paid equally for work of equal value, for women to be able to have careers, to not work in their uh, in the home only, to be able to do both. Um, you know, at, at, she was at the forefront of all of those movements and ideas, and, and she was in Vancouver a few years ago, and I interviewed her, and you know, it was just it was she was a fascinating person. Thank you. Thank you for sharing these women who impacted your life as trailblazers, as, as you would describe them. Because I think they were. They really were. Because just... I believe you are, Pamela. So thank you. Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> thank you. Pamela, I am so honored that you were on our show today. And I, I can't wait to see you again. And I just want to thank you for being on our show and inspiring our listeners. I mean, you are my hero, believe me. You know, ever since I met you, um, kind of it was kind of a serendipitous meeting yes. and connected. And here you are with uh, you know, amazing products that are doing wonderful things for families. And, you know, you are exactly that shining example, Elaine, of someone who, you know, had an idea and decided to go for it. And I don't know the, the, the details or the history of how it happened, but. You know, it's not easy, and so I applaud you for what you've done. You know, you're a great example to moms because it's it's very, very challenging, as you know. I'm not telling you to to be the mom that you want to be, but also be able to have a, a business or have a career or have you know some some kind of development in your life that's something that you're doing that's not just about your children. It's a really big challenge, probably the biggest one for women too. Thank you. Thank so you. I, really appreciate what you're doing that you're able to do it and I know it helps to have a very supportive partner probably impossible yes I I will say I I would not have easy daisies without my husband but you've made me all teary now so (laughs) (laughs) and I'm giving you a, a big huge appreciation and and I'm sure our listeners are just uh so thrilled to have picked up some of those nuggets that you have shared with us. So Pamela, thank you again for joining us. Truly an honor. Thank you. Thank you. I love to hear your comments and feedback, so please do tell me what you want to hear about. You can find me on Twitter at Chat with Elaine or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table or at www.elaineskitchentable.com. And I would so appreciate it if you took a moment to rate my podcast on iTunes and be so thrilled if you would like to subscribe to my podcast and feel free to leave a comment there too. I am truly honored that you tuned in today and I hope that you got inspired in the business of life. Thank you so much.